Today, I just want to give a short charge. won't be long, but it's the last words I want to leave with them before they leave, and it's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 24 and 25. And here's what it says. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And then verse 25 just says, brothers, pray for us. And so this sermon is aimed first and foremost at the Dodies to let them see that God not is only not only is he alive, but he is going to be with them through everything. And so the title of this is He Is. He is who he was in the past, present, and future. In fact, Jared shared with me that he was 33 this year, which means that one-third of his life has been spent here. One-third. And now, being the last service, um, he just is going to be going to a place that he's never been before, and our objective is to send him off with love, and that's what this passage is all about. And to me, there's no greater thing to send you off with the one who is. He's the one that matters. The first thing it says about him in this passage, talks about him in the past, is he is the one who called us, and it's written in the present form, he's continually calling us, so he's the one who calls us. That means he initiates the calling for our life. He leads. He prepares our future for us. And Jared, since you are going to the Reformed Seminary, you know he's also the one that has chosen you. And because he's chosen you, he will continue to fulfill that choice, that calling. I think when people we love leave, we ask this question, why? When relationships are severed, the question immediately that people ask, and they've been asking me, is what, what happened? What's going on? Why is Jared leaving? Why is the band breaking up? What is going on? Is there some nefarious thing behind the scenes? It's probably Pastor Chris again. He gets rid of everybody. I wouldn't want to work under that guy. Could be the snow. Too much snow. No, Jared loves the snow. So what is it? Well, the answer is really simple. It's God. God is the one who calls. God is the one who leads And God is the one who directs us. Isaiah 46 is very clear on this. This is an amazing passage. I'm going to read it from the NIV, starting in verse 9. It says, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far-off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. It's an incredibly comforting passage, especially when things get difficult, which they will. They do for all of us, but... You may, in the middle of your difficulty, feel alone, feel um, maybe confused, and you'll ask the question, did I make a mistake? Am I doing the right thing? Is God punishing me because I didn't know his will exactly? No, God will do what he wants in your life. God does the calling, so trust him. Trust him. Jared told me a story a couple days ago when he was 17 years old, 
he was at a Bible study by a bonfire. Was it on a beach? I think it was on a beach or something. This was in Bill's office. Oh, wasn't it at the bonfire? <laughs> you told me it was a bonfire. I like your version better. All right. He just told me it's in the, in the office. Kind of boring. So we're going to make it at a bonfire. It's more just a purple sunset. It's beautiful. Anyhow, the guy's name was Bill Knapp, right? Yeah. See, the guy's name was Bill Knapp, not the guy who started the restaurant, Bill Knapp. But Jared said, how can I learn how to teach the Bible? I want to learn to teach the Bible. He's 17 years old. And Bill Knapp said, you know what, Jared? Um, I don't know if I... I know of many 17-year-old kids that have ever asked me that. I think God's calling you. No, I know God's calling you. And I would say, Jared, for my 11 years, God has called you. Second thing, not only has God done stuff in the past, but he is the one who is continuing to do things in the present because he is faithful, is what it says. He's faithful. Scripture says he doesn't lie. So when he tells us something, he doesn't lie. And he loves us so much that he sent his son for us. So if he doesn't lie and he loves us with everything, that is a rock-solid foundation you can trust for the rest of your life. He's faithful. Hebrews says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? Romans, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him, graciously give us all things. Psalm says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Deuteronomy says, there's no one like the God of Jeshurun who rides across the heavens to help you on the clouds of his majesty. Zephaniah 3.17, one of my all-time favorites, the Lord your God's with you. He's mighty to save. He'll take great delight in you. He'll quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. It's an amazing verse. And then you, one of your favorites, Matthew, and come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's faithful. He's faithful. And I have a personal belief. When um, you call to him based on his promises, I think he loves it. Daniel chapter 9 is a prayer that I think when you're in your lowest in ministry, this is the prayer I go to. It's Daniel praying to God. And it's a prayer based on his person. And he's holding God to his promises. And so Daniel says in verse 17 of Daniel 9, Now our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. And I take that desolate sanctuary even to be me. I'm in sanctuary, and sometimes I'm desolate. I'm broken. I'm lonely. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your mercy. And then he says, O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act. For your sake, oh my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. When you go to work for him, you are putting his mantle on your shoulders. And I believe you can pray this. God, I need you because I'm bearing your name right now. And I have seen him answer that more times than I can ever tell you. 
Finally, I'd say this is he is what he's going to do in the future is he is able to do it. He is faithful and he will do it. Anybody can make promises. Anybody can try to fulfill promises. Only God can time and time again pull it off. Every time. Moses was amazing. He's a great guy. But God parted the Red Sea. David was courageous, strong fighter. But God really is the one that killed Goliath. Daniel was long-suffering to evil kings, but God closed the mouth of the lions. Jonah was a rebel, but God saved him in the belly of a whale. Peter denied Jesus, but God raised him up to be the leader of the church. Paul was shipwrecked, forsaken, whipped, beaten, put on trial, but it was God. And he says specifically it was Jesus who stood with me along the way when nobody else did. God did it all. And Jared truly... You are gifted, but even though you are gifted, it's not up to you. It's not up to you. God will fight the battles. Exodus 14, 14. If you're going to get a tattoo, get this. Exodus 14, 14. <laughs> right across your chest. Big like that. <laughs> and it says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. So, my dear friend, be strong and courageous. But you do have one more responsibility, and uh, this is a quick one. This is an illustration. Jared knows this illustration well. Joe Stoll, who was the president of Moody while I was there, was the president of Cornerstone when Jared went there. And he told the story about ministry. And he said, ministry is like riding a train. He said, my wife and I hopped on a train, and all of a sudden we stopped at this platform, and it was our first church. He said it was in Kankakee, Indiana, a tiny little church, maybe 200 people. Stayed there about five years. People loved us on the platform. Then we got back on the train. But when we got back on the train, we brought a couple kids with us. We went to the next platform, Ministry in Detroit, big platform. We were there about seven years. People loved us. We served with them. Then we got back on the train. My wife and I and our kids went back on the train to the next huge platform, Moody Bible Institute. He's there eight years. Said we loved the people there eight years. But then... We got back on the train, waved goodbye to the mass of people on the platform, went to the next train station, Cornerstone, even bigger. Stayed there a while, and then we got back on the train. It was just my wife and I, and here's what Joe Stoll said. The people on the platform will come and go, but it is those on the train that you need to give your life to. So church, what's our job? 1 Thessalonians 5.25 says this, Brothers, pray for us. Simple. We pray for the Dodies. We pray for their health. We pray for their safety. We pray for their success. And most of all, we pray for their joy. That's our joy is to pray for them. I'm Honestly, I'm excited to see what God's going to do with you guys. It's going to be amazing. And just know this church, whatever you need, call. I want to finish with one more story, and I want to include your kids in the story. So Jared, Callie, Nora, Judah, Zion. There's a story by this guy, Sam, this little guy named Sam. Some people call him Samwise. Samwise said this, it's all wrong, it's all wrong. By rights, we shouldn't even be here, but we are. It's like the great stories, Mr. Doty. The ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want 
to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Doty, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back. Only they didn't. Because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? What are we holding on to? That there's some good in this world, Mr. Doty, and it's worth fighting for. And I would add this. It's the glory of God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, is worth giving everything for. God has called you. God is faithful. He will do it.